Welcome to the Leadership Playbook. My name is Emily Hawkins. How I used to introduce myself is, I have 15 years in supply chain, creating and leading teams, streamlining processes, managing millions of dollars. Except that's not what I do anymore. I'm a career and life coach. And I wanna take you on the journey of how to lead yourself, how to take your career to the next level, whatever that may be. I'm gonna give you tangible advice on exactly how to do what you want to do. Lead and love your life. Welcome to the Leadership Playbook. I am so excited to introduce you to, I'm just gonna call her my best friend, Rachel. Um, <laughs> we've had such a long relationship. Gosh, Rachel, how long have I known you? About a week? Uh, yes, it's been a long time. <laughs> We met on a call where we were both hacking away at LinkedIn systems and processes. And I was just telling Rachel that I teach all of this in my Market Me program. And I was so excited to see that it's industry standard. Anyway, she was asking some great questions on this call about I'm a project manager and I've done these various things. And I'm like, holy cow, this woman is a rock star. And so in the chat, I was like, will you be on my podcast? Like I proposed to her on there <laughs> and she said, oh my gosh, yes, let's do it. What do you want me to talk about? And I said, I have so many clients in the project management world that are undervaluing themselves. They don't understand how powerful their position is and they don't understand how to talk about what they do. And so she was like, yes, I'm game for this. And I couldn't be happier. We had this long conversation beforehand. I could talk to you for literally 10 years, I think. And I'm just going to have you dive right in. Her name is Rachel Janet. And I, I hope I said your last name, right? That, that still feels wrong. Jeanette. Yes. Jeanette. Yep. Just like the girl's name. It's yep. an interesting spelling. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to link her uh, LinkedIn profile up in the show notes, check her out. She is amazing. Um, but what I want to talk about, I really want to start with, tell me what a project manager does. That is such a good question. And I'm just going to tell you the way I see it, because I just tell it like it is, and it might not be the quote unquote PMP terms. But I feel like a project manager does two things, which is hard because they're constantly pivoting to these two things. So the two things are, they are the get it done person. They are accountable to everybody that's involved in this project or is hearing about the project. Why is it not done and where is it? So they have, they're the get it done person. But the second thing they are is they're like the cheerleader of the team because they can't do it themselves. They need an entire team to get the project accomplished. And they're constantly, come on, we can do this. And as a cheerleader, they're constantly communicating, hey, what's going on? Where are you? What do you need help with? Maybe they're like a two-way cheerleader, I guess you could say, because cheerleaders are kind of a one-way communication. But it's the motivation and it's the communication of the team that they're also pivoting towards. So those are the two things I feel like they do, but with a bunch of other stuff. Well, and I will tell you my personal opinion of what you just said. I completely mm -hmm. agree with that. But in the business world, I'm sure you've read leadership books. I've read so many. They mm -hmm. always talk about getting the right people on the bus. And the mm -hmm. one piece they miss is the bus driver. And I feel like a project manager is the bus driver. They make sure that the right people are on the bus, but then they take them somewhere. They take them to the purpose and the vision 
of what the project is. So I feel like you're the bus driver with leading those people, the right people on the bus. And I have worked with some wonderful project managers and some terrible project managers. I think we all have. Mm -hmm. Um, I could say that for every role, by the way. I think we've all worked with great and not so great people in every role. Mm -hmm. And what I love about what you just said, though, is that you understand that you have to be a little bit of a chameleon in terms of, do I need to be pushing right now? Do I need to be pulling right now? Am I communicating or, you know, just telling people what needs to be done or am I coaching and cheerleading about the vision? Cause all of that's important and knowing that. So I, I just love that. So what would be team like define teamwork? Why is teamwork important to, to a business actually, just in any form? And th- this is a really good point because it sounds cliche to use the word teamwork <clears throat> and talk about project teams because we're all like teamwork. Yeah, yeah, we know what it is, but maybe it's cliche because it's really true. And you have to have project teams on, you know, enterprise level things and even really complex, you know, solutions because you need a diverse team. You need people that have multiple skills, things like that. But I want to also say really quick before I kind of dive into that a little more is that I feel like sometimes people think, well, I'm not a team. I just build robots by myself and I sell my robots or whatever. I think that if you really sat down and looked at it, you are a team, maybe with a customer or maybe with somebody else, a vendor that you interact with. So I think it's really important to learn. I am part of a team where I am first so that you can be successful, because if you feel like I'm an individual contributor team, then you're going to focus on things different than, oh, wow, I'm actually seen more as a leader of a team. And then you're going to focus on different things there. So I think it's important to do that uh, first. But definitely, I feel like teamwork is just bringing together different skill sets to accomplish a shared goal. Um, That's just my definition of it. So feel free to look that up on the internet. No, I love (laughs) that out. What else I will say is, is what I think a lot of people run into, um, myself included, when I opened my own business, you have to be all things, right? Mm-hmm. And if you are trying to be all things, you're going to fail at something. You're not going to do something to the best of its ability or the ability that you need to have. And having the right people to go deep makes such a big difference when you know that, you know, Sarah has the marketing piece and she's going to go deep to make sure that it's perfect. And that you've got, you know, Jim over here making sure that the product is actually what we say it should be, you know, and having them own those pieces and, but being able to share with them the full vision because, you know, none of us work on an assembly line. Most people I would think that listen to this podcast don't work on (laughs) assembly lines. So you are not just putting the one widget together every day. Mm -hmm. You actually care about the whole car. You know, what is the purpose? And that's what I love about great project managers. And the other thing that I love that you had mentioned before is you take an active, you actively care about the people on your team. And Mm -hmm. you said the funniest thing we were talking earlier about guys, I know that we're having fun and that's not what we're supposed to do, but isn't it awesome that we are? And I thought (laughs) you were supposed to have fun. That's the whole point. And I feel like that's what a great project manager does as well. When you let somebody in on a vision, it does become fun. It's not work anymore. And that's Mm -hmm. like, oh man, that's gold right there. I just feel like that's such gold. I love that. I totally agree with that. And actually I can't even take credit for it. Really quick story. (laughs) I'll just tell you my like years, years, years ago. And you know, 
I've been a project manager for like maybe 15 years. So, I mean, been a minute. <laughs> I had this great boss and she was amazing because she cared about all kinds of details. And we worked on this team in this department. It was super crazy. We worked super corporate world. The projects that we had were insane deadlines. We had really high strung clients. It was not a great process. Let's just put it like that. But we did this right. And when I first started with her, she was like, oh, I'm going to teach you some things, whatever. I was like, okay, great. Always love to learn. And she would literally, we would get these clients that would be so irate about their projects. We didn't have time to email people about it. We had to just go to their desk. Like I said, not a great, pro- not a great process. <clears throat> so we'd walk up to people's desks and I'd be like, oh my gosh, the client needs this. This is the project. This is why. And she'd be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's talk about their garden first. And she'd be like, oh, hey, Jason, how's your garden? I didn't see you brought the squashes in this year like you did last year. Oh my gosh, I'm looking. I'd be like, we don't have time for this. What are you doing? And then later I realized she had built such rapport with these people. They had unconditional trust in her. So the second that she was like, I need blah for a client, she didn't have to give a business case to them because they totally trusted. She's a hard worker. She's going to do what she says she's going to do. She cares about me and my team in this. She's respectful of my time. They already had all this fleshed out. So when she came to them, she chair shouted with them for a few minutes because she's building more rapport, just keeps depositing, you know, coins in that bank. And they loved her. And it was like such an eye opener to me that who you are as a person is super important on projects. And we all work on those projects where somebody comes to you and you're like, what do you want now? You don't want to be that person. You want to be the person that comes to somebody and is like, oh, I'm excited to get to talk to you today. Oh, this is a great conversation. And I leave the conversation feeling like positive, uplifted, but also I know exactly what I need to do next. And I'm in line with that goal. It's just, it was a huge eye opener for me and maybe it shouldn't have been, but it really, it really was. No, I'm built like you where I'm a, um, I had a boss tell me a term. He said, you are a GSD. That is get shit done. That is me. (laughs) And I don't mean to, and I've learned over the years, just like you learned that you don't send messages or just walk over to people and say, what is this? Or what is that? Mm -hmm. Like that Mm -hmm. does not work for most people. They need some, you know, tell me about your day. Tell me about your life. And only when I became a leader of an organization, did I understand that, um, the, the head of a department was I like, oh, wow, that does sound really gruff. Um, and building that rapport truly matters. And what I will also gather from what you said is because you approach it from that way, you actually get more work done and you're incredibly productive with what you're doing because everybody knows, knows, likes, trusts the process, the vision and all of that, because you've built that from the beginning. Yeah, I feel like even sometimes people are like, well, this is a very technical project because I work in the IT sphere and maybe you don't understand like the technical piece of it. I feel like they have enough trust and respect sometimes for me that they're going to be like, she's not going to waste my time. And I feel like sometimes that's enough because if you're an engineer or you're a software developer, you know, you want to get it in your silo. You want to code out what you want to code out. You want it to work exactly how it's supposed to work. And so if you feel like someone's going to waste your time, it's really like threatening to you. Um, so I feel like when you go to somebody and they already know this person's not going to waste my time, they're going to get right to the point. They know how to communicate with me. They value me. Yeah. Productivity definitely increases. That's an excellent point. Thank you for saying that. Well, I have worked with some project managers that are, dare I say, glorified bed checkers. And things <laughs> would go like this. We'd have a meeting that nobody wanted to attend because it was boring and I'd rather watch paint dry. I'd walk into the meeting and uh, you can see I'm brutally honest here. I love it. (laughs) And the person had, you know, their screen shared up on the big screen 
and it was a checklist and they would spend the 30 minutes to an hour checking off the items and literally talking to each person and just checking the items off. And then after the meeting, they would send an email with a link to the checklist. Here's where we are on the project, right? I mean, it was horrible. There was nothing special. I didn't know why we were doing certain things. I didn't understand if we were, I, I would know he, he would share, um, I'm just have one particular person in mind here, um, who would share like we're behind or we're ahead, which typically we were behind because you know, probably not a lot of communication going on here. <laughs> and I, honest to God, thought that was what a project manager did until I met other project managers that gamified it, made it fun, talked about how we could do different things and they would build in timeframes in the project so that scope creep and all that didn't actually happen, um, which was really amazing stuff. So I have a question for you. How do you measure your success? As a project manager or as a team? Both. Just all of it. Both. <clears throat> okay, so as a project <clears throat> Manager, myself, I measure success. Obviously, you know, and Pembox going to tell you, okay, you know, did you bring the project in on time, under budget, you know, did the scope match? And those are all great criteria. We can't sometimes I skip past, oh, that's the boring stuff. But, you know, that's great criteria to evaluate things on. But I definitely think a project is successful for myself. If I feel like at the end of the day, the client's real need has been met. So a lot of times when people implement software, which is, of course, the sphere I'm kind of in right now, they're doing it because there's a bunch of different reasons. But at the end of the day, to me, it's not just a software piece of software going into their business. It's, is this going to enhance their life? Is it going to enhance their customers' lives? Is it meeting a real need? Is that need solved? And so for me, that makes me happy because I feel like when you solve a real need in a lot of customer service situations, that's all it's focused on. And I feel like that's all it needs to be focused on. The client's happy and then I'm happy. And I, I get really happy when my project team and I view the project team as a whole as a success. If all my team members can get something out of it that benefits them individually, because I think a really common like myth is, oh, I hate group work. You know, those group assignments we did in, back in high school, it was terrible. One person did all the work, one person took all the credit. We all thought it was awful. It's not like that because I feel like in a successful project management scope, everybody can shine for their individual contributions. And one of the things I always do is throughout the project, I will pull out and recognize when people are doing things that are above and beyond or innovative, or they've asked for help and they're getting help and it's helping them push ahead. And so when I feel like the people on the team are seen as individual contributors and they get recognition for what they've done, I feel like it's an overall successful project team. And I'm talking a lot with my hands, so you probably can't see all this waving I'm doing, <laughs> but just know that adds value. <laughs> oh, I am a big hand talker. My mm -hmm. husband makes so much fun of me for that. Um, and I love it. And I love what you said, because to your point, everyone I know uh, will talk about on time and under budget, which is key, right? That's mm -hmm. so important. But I can do a lot of things on time and under budget, but none of that talks about quality. Whereas everything you just mentioned is value and quality. So I love that you talk about individual members and how they are getting things out of it because that's where lessons are learned. Mm -hmm. That's where some of the greatest things you know happen, which I just think is amazing. So I love how you 
really embrace and are passionate about what you do. And um, you're also, you are also in a home project right now known as raising two boys. <laughs> and I personally think as having a son that raising especially boys is like raising monkeys in captivity. Can you, can you attest to this? Is this a, yeah. I don't have two boys. I have one and a girl. So. <laughs> so you have, you have just like a hundred percent pure boy and I have 200% pure boy, but I feel like when you get girls together, it's like the IQ kind of goes up and there's productive things happening and there's imaginative play. When you get two boys together, my sister also has two boys and we call it boy pile. They just tackle each other and it's like, what's happening? And I grew up, I'm the oldest of four and actually I have an older sister too. Um, but it's, it's a long story, but in our family, I'm like kind of the oldest. And I was always like a girly girl. And so when I had these two boys, I'm like, what is going on? What am I going to do? And it's actually been a ton of fun. But during this pandemic year, it's definitely been a very interesting project. And I am just so grateful for the time with them. But I'm also grateful that we all survived and that the house is still standing because they are very young and been very energetic. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I think that this year has been a test of everything. And mm -hmm. as a parent myself and having my kids home for a period of time as well during that, oh my gosh, I learned so much about how it is important that they have their own space. <laughs> they have their own teacher. Um, I am not their teacher, mm -hmm. um, but I just love that. I love that you made it work, you know, and um, you are a highly sought after project manager as well. That's the other thing I want everybody to know about Rachel. She's downplaying herself, but she is somebody that many brands have approached and have on her team and want on their team. And so these are lessons that honestly, if you have any sort of role and you think, how do I capitalize on this? What deems success besides on time and under budget? Mm -hmm. Um, think about what Rachel has said on this, because it's truly what everyone in an organization should be doing, having others shine, helping them shine, getting the right people on the bus and sharing that vision and making sure that they get there. I mean, I'm just really blessed that I, I got to meet you and <laughs> that we've talked so much and I'm, I'm excited that my listeners now get a chance to meet Rachel and get a little bit of the Rachel sauce because you just have this power and this energy about you that every project manager should have. You know, the guy I was telling you about before uh, also was very similar to like the, the movie Ferris Bueller's Day Off and the teachers like Bueller. <laughs> his meetings ran like that. Oh, so goodness. your meetings, I have a feeling did not, uh, they don't run that way. And I just love everything that you bring to the table. And I'm just so glad that you could spend just a little time with our audience today. So thank you so much. Any final thoughts, anything you would love to share on all things project management? I will say that you know, today I've really simplified it down from like, there's a lot of complex concepts out there that people really buy into and they probably work well for them and all this great stuff. And I'm not downing any of that. I'm just saying like what I feel like works. I love being a project manager. Absolutely love it. And I'm so glad that shines through. Thank you for your kind words. I'm definitely going to buy your course because I feel like I need way more coaching and how to just really excel in my career. But I will say this, you know, when in doubt, I feel like 
hard work and a good attitude gets you so far. And that is such an underrated thing. And people are like, yeah, yeah, hard work. And it's like, no, it really is. <laughs> it When you show somebody you're willing to work hard and you just have a good attitude, people want to work with you. You may not know anything, but it will take you so far. And I just can't even believe that people just kind of skim over that in this day and age. And I know that you are super knowledgeable in all these areas, but I mean, do you think that's something that is still true? Or do you feel like, okay, we, we understand that now we need to work on kind of other core competencies or. No, I think everything should be hard from the beginning. If it's not, then you're not stretching yourself enough. And I am like queen of fail. And my actual <laughs> definition of fail is stopping and I don't stop. Mm -hmm. And what you just described is that it's definitely hard work. And one of my favorite little analogies or stories or whatever that I heard many years ago that stuck with me was there were these two kids. They walked into a room full of horse manure. Ugh. The first kid was like, it stinks in here and it's awful. I, I'm leaving. The other kid jumped into it and he was singing and dancing. And somebody was like, why are you jumping into this. And he said, with this much horse manure, there's got to be a pony somewhere. And I feel like <laughs> that is really what we should do. We have to jump into the hard because there is value in it and we're going to get dirty. It's not going to be fun, but I love that because it's like, oh, great. A learning opportunity, a chance to persevere. And one of my favorite things when I was a kid, I, I was average, like literally everything was like average. <laughs> and I thought, gosh, this sucks, you know? And later on in life, I thought what a blessing it was to be average because when you're average, you have to work hard. You have to work harder than everybody. And when you're naturally gifted, it kind of breeds a little laziness and laziness just doesn't get you anywhere. So mm -hmm. I 1000% believe that. I think that mm -hmm. when things are hard, what a great opportunity to learn something new, learn how to deal with different personalities, all the things, all the mm -hmm. things. So I will forever live in the room with the horse manure <laughs> and I will be singing and dancing too, because there's always a pony. There's always a pony. So that's an awesome story. Thank you for that. Thank you for having me today. It is so incredibly kind of you and I have learned so much. <laughs> so thank you. I cannot thank you enough. Well, this has been fun. Thank you so much. And again, I'm going to link Rachel's information up in the show notes because she is a powerhouse in the project management <laughs> space. And you need to know, like, follow this woman on LinkedIn. Did you love what you heard today and you want more? Sign up for my weekly email in the show notes. It's packed with tips and tricks to lead and love your life. You can also follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram by typing in Emily Hawkins, the number four, the letter U. I'll see you here next week.